survey, excavate, partake, and conversate on passions, concepts, hobbies, and philosophies with the crew at Hub for Hubba. Prepare to be introduced to your next obsession. Hello and welcome to the Hub for Hubba. Uh, I'm Corey, the Wood Tier Guru. This is Alex, Dr. Poop Scoopington. And we are joined by uh, our friend, uh, roommate, confidant, witch guy, Shank. Count of San Diego. Also Star Warrior Zero. Star Warrior go. Zero. Um, so what, what are we talking about today, Shane? Presumably witchcraft. Witchcraft. And this is the one time that I'm not joking. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is the first in our series about uh, philosophies or ways of life, um, and I'm really excited to learn more about this because I don't know anything about witchcraft. No, nope, me most neither. Hmm. Most people don't. Like I know some like uh, pop culture references to mm-hmm. witchcraft, and uh, am somewhat familiar with, um, like. I don't know, probably stereotypes mm-hmm. uh, about witchcraft that probably aren't uh, accurate whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, tell us uh, a little bit more about like witchcraft in general. Well, I guess to start, it would make sense to talk about the pop culture stereotype stuff. I mean, generally, I think when if you brought up the concept of witchcraft to someone off the street, they would be like, oh, yeah, that's like people who worship satan and summon (laughs) demons in their living room and like cast love spells on people unwittingly and stuff like that and that's not really it i mean first of all like witches don't inherently uh worship satan i think that's the biggest one i Um, mean i think there's a big misconception about uh pagan uh, religions and that kind of thing in general for sure uh where uh where like you think of paganism as like worshiping satan and i think that's just a a big uh bunch of misinformation provided by the church way back in the day right it's a very very old misconception that has almost never been fully true and it stands true even more today because there's so many people that like fall under the umbrella term of pagan and it could mean really whatever you want you know like paganism as far as i understand it just means that you don't subscribe to any like super popular like what like widespread religion yeah catholicism or christianity or something like that one of the big four your judaism your christianity your uh islam Islam, buddhism yeah exactly yeah um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely true what you said. Like paganism is something that most people, when they think of it, it's kind of like what I said, like, oh yeah, they're, they worship Satan. They do all this crazy. They're different. They're the fucking devil. Exactly. And it's heavy not, metal. It's really not like there are people that I've, that whose personal like life stories I've read about online and even talked to in person and stuff that are like, oh yeah, I just, I grow herbs in my kitchen and I do little self care spells and that's literally all it is to them, but it's still witchcraft. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's fun exactly and the other thing too is witchcraft is a it's a label and not everybody subscribes to labels there's people who could do witchy things and not call themselves a witch and likewise there's people who could call themselves a witch and not do witchy things and both of those things are perfectly fine Mm -hmm. so witchcraft is just sort of this label that gets applied to a lot of different things yeah if you fuck with herbs and crystals and shit Mm -hmm. you're a witch Ah. pretty much or you're not if you don't want to be 
Yeah. You're just somebody who uses herbs and crystals. Yeah. Now, now how does it fit in? Now, I, I would say probably, uh, at least in my experience, the biggest uh, influence of like uh, modern uh, like examples of witchcraft and that kind of thing is like Harry Potter, mm-hmm. uh, witches and wizards versus, mm-hmm. uh, or warlocks. Now, is there a differentiation between what you would call uh, a practitioner of uh, witchcraft, whether they're male or female, or... No, as far as I understand it, witch is just a, it's, it's as neutral of a term as can be. If you're a male and you do witchy stuff, you're a warlock if you want to be, sure. But generally speaking, you're a witch. That's fucking cool. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I think that's just a thing that maybe J.K. Rowling was just like, hey, I want to put some separation here or something. And maybe that's an old thing, too, because generally witches were all female. And that was the problem back then, you know. But like, like with anything else, it's changed a lot over time. And yeah, now it's just regardless of what gender you are, what sexuality you are, where you come from, like essentially speaking, if you practice witchcraft, you're a witch. So. Okay. Um, and are there like uh, hard uh, delineations between like different practitioners uh, or like different stylistic choices between uh, practitioners of witchcraft, right? Like I know that uh, at least from like my understanding of uh, magic and other forms, uh, at least is how it's, exp- it's expressed in uh, Dungeons and Dragons and that kind of thing. There's uh, spells like having to do with like alchemy versus uh, which I assume is somewhat similar to like herbalism and that kind of thing. Um, and uh, like other versions, like evocation, adjuration, um, that kind of thing. It, it, uh, it, and even going further into that, is there uh, anything having to do with like, uh, like schools of magic, schools of witchcraft where, um, uh, where it, it kind of like, how in um, Protestant Christianity there's like Methodists and Baptists and uh, that kind of thing. Are there different like sects within within witchcraft? Yeah, there's definitely delineations, but again, those things are generally labels. I mean, um, like there's there's a lot of different types of witches, and I think as with a lot of modern things today, people like having labels. It makes things easier. But there are definitely delineations. Um, you know, there's there's witches that focus on, like I said, like herbs and like little like like oh protect my home kind of spells, and those are generally called like kitchen witches. You know, it's just like very basic like little self care things. And then there's there's like eclectic witches, which basically draw, um, I guess motivation or intention through a lot of different things. Like an eclectic witch, as I understand it, would be a witch who does all kinds of different things. They pull from a lot of different little things, and so they're not, they don't have a specific delineation past that. Hence eclectic, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, and there's, um, you know, there's a lot of names. Most of them I'm not even very familiar with, but, you know, like there's a delineation for witches that primarily use crystals, and, like, those are the kinds of people that do, like, Reiki and things like that. Um, what, what that's is that Reiki? Japanese one, right? Reiki? I believe so. I don't know much about it, but it's a, it's a form of, like, metaphysical healing. Um, like you could go to a, um, I don't know what they're called, but uh, you could go to a practitioner of it and like, they'll, they'll, they'll do like a Reiki healing. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. You like lay on the table is. and they like, 
they put their hands very close to you and like move their hands like around your body it's and it's supposed work. to like yeah. yeah it's supposed to like shift the energy away into certain areas and stuff like that okay so i don't know why i know anything about that but it seems kind of <laughs> it's kinda. much more prevalent nowadays than it used to be like, yeah a lot of people are way into it yeah i mean uh that sounds kind of like uh like what they do with like acupuncture and that kind of thing mm-hmm. like the manipulation of chi and yep. chakras and things like that okay yeah yeah, and that actually brings me to another point I wanted to, to mention before we get too deep into it is being a witch and being any particular delineation does not necessarily mean you are associated with religion. Witchcraft is not on its own a religion. Okay. Like, I would not say that I'm religious in any way. Spiritual, yes. Okay. But for me, it's not a religion. I, you know, there may be offerings to deities or, um, you know, there may be... Uh, symbols of like the Wiccan triple goddess and the horned god, things like that. But it's like you're mainly using those because you're trying to pull in a certain kind of energy. You're not necessarily worshipping anything, and therefore it's not a religious thing. However, there are witches who do make it a religious practice. Okay. And a big part of that overlap is Wiccans, as I understand it. Because Wicca is a religion. Okay. And most, I would say most Wiccans also practice witchcraft. They're sort of these two separate but very related things it's kind of like um well no that's not a good example but there there are these two different things that cross often okay but they're not always tied together if that makes sense okay interesting so uh so while you say that you are a practitioner of witchcraft Mm -hmm. you do not identify with being a wiccan or anything like that okay would you consider it like a practice Absolutely. If I had to give it a word like that, I would definitely call it a practice more than anything else. Cool. Okay, so so witchcraft is kind of like a uh, rather than rather than like actually uh, following like the tenets of like a religion or anything. Um, it's more of like a ritualism. Like yeah. Okay. I mean, the way that you could think of it is when I'm going to say witch in terms of a non-religious type of witch. When a witch does a home protection spell or a ritual to cleanse their room of negative energy or they put together a protection jar or a good luck charm they're doing that as a means of getting something they're not doing it as a prayer right whereas you know directly transactional yeah, exactly like someone may go to church and in in prayer and through sermon and through mass they're hoping to gain you know hope and faith and good luck and all those things that's fine. That is one way to do that. Um, but like the non-religious side of witchcraft is like you are doing these spells and these things because it's a practice. It's a method of doing something. Okay. Um, a good connection that I always make when I try to think of it is meditation. A lot of people meditate. And for a lot of people, it's not, it has nothing to do with witchcraft. It has nothing to do with religion. It has nothing to do with Buddhism. It's just a thing they do to make themselves feel better and to like, you know, get clarity and understand themselves better. And it's kind of the same thing, at least with with, um, how I consider my own practice, is it's not, yeah, like I said, it's not tied to a religion. I'm not doing it to, you know, proclaim my faith in anything other than, you know, maybe the energies that surround us and, you know, kind of all that metaphysical stuff. But it's like, if I do a simple spell to cleanse my room of negative energy, that's all it is, right? It's a, it is a, um, a lot of witches call them recipes, Okay. Where it'll be a spell or a ritual, but here's a recipe. Here's the ingredients. You need these crystals and these candles and things like that. And sure, a lot goes into it, but sometimes not a lot goes into it. Sometimes it's literally just like 
closing your eyes and saying an affirmation like, I'm doing great today. Boom, you've done a spell. And that's it. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, um, I had no idea that it could be that simple. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that uh, it wasn't uh, directly associated necessarily with a religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got and, a little bit less dumb today. Yeah. Uh, and it de- and it sounds uh, it sounds like it because it's not like directly tied to a religion or anything like that uh, that you can uh, like do these rituals these spells and that kind of thing uh, be a practitioner of witchcraft while also adhering to uh, some other form of religion mm-hmm. uh, as long as that form of religion or whatever. Uh, that you're doing doesn't have anything specifically uh, forbidding you Against from it, right? uh, like practicing magic. Or... Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, I, I've read many accounts from people who are religious and practice witchcraft and, you know, they come from all different kinds of religions. There's Christian witches, you know, those ones can be a little, a little more difficult to find because sometimes there's a lot of um, uh, what's the word? There's a lot of friction between those two things. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, like, uh, I, I I can't quote anything specific, mm-hmm. but I know that there are, like, passages. I assume passages. it's outlawed by What's the up? Christian Bible. I said I assume I, it's outlawed by, like, the Bible in one yeah, way or yeah, another. I, yeah, it definitely is uh, listed somewhere in the Bible that's, like, you, like witches are not cool. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Which and is I, bad. Yeah, and I think that definitely comes from that that you know, the age old like witch hunts and things like that, where the good times. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. But it's like, you know, back then it was a bad thing. It was the opposite of the norm, which was being, yeah. And therefore different. Right. And so again, kind of with the change in, in modern times and things like that, there's been a separation between witchcraft and religion. And now it's kind of like, kind of like what I was saying, witchcraft is just this thing. It's a practice that you could do. Anybody can do it if they want to. If their religion or some other belief they have says, no, you can't do that. Well, sure, that's, you know, that's a personal thing. And then they have a choice to make there. But like, yeah, like anybody could be could be a witch. You know, Corey, you could you could sit down and do a spell right now. It wouldn't necessarily make you a witch. But if you wanted it to make you a witch, you would be. It's literally that simple. Like, it's just labels, basically. Sure. Um, now, is there uh so so we have witchcraft uh and uh i know that there are also people who study things like the occult uh is uh is someone God, who's I done a cult so bad not a cult <laughs> i know a cult i know he's but, just spitballing That's yeah <laughs> i mean like that'd just be cool <laughs> For a little bit like, depending on the cult you join but yeah yeah i mean if i could lead it I, well everyone well, you wants, wouldn't everyone be joining a cult, cult then would you i would probably start one yeah, I mean that makes sense. That'd be cool. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving on from just that. Just thought, writing it down. Yeah, <laughs> just, just thought writing it down. Hey man, I, I don't make the rules. I just think them up and write them down. I think I see where you're getting at, though. Is is there a direct connection between like occultism and witchcraft? Yes, there is. If you want there to be, basically, like okay. just because you practice witchcraft, and even if you are like like every day you practice witchcraft you are you are a quote-unquote hardcore witch you know hardcore witch like you do these crazy multi-hour long spells and you know you wear all these charms and you have all this jewelry with all these all this meaning you can do that and have no connection to the occult now i don't know exactly what the dictionary definition of occult is but i interpret it as like looking into 
things like alchemy and like the really like dark kinds of magic and um you know things like true names and like other realms and things like that and i think this is something where you have witchcraft and you have occultism and those those two things can intermingle very easily there are things that 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 connect them naturally you know like sort of the concept of energy or magic or things like that but just because you practice witchcraft does not mean that you practice occultism and just because you practice occultism does not make you a witch either. You could just be someone who looks into that kind of stuff, but maybe doesn't practice it. Or maybe you do have a practice that involves occultism that you don't label as witchcraft. It's okay. entirely based on whatever you, whatever you, whatever whatever your personal experience is. And ultimately, I think that's what it's about to kind of segue for a second is, you know, I've only been practicing witchcraft for really like a year or so and kind of researching it for a couple of years before that. So take what I say, you know, a grain of salt, but like the thing that I've seen most commonly when people um, like online or in person talk about witchcraft is it is a, it is an intensely personal experience. There are people who go their entire lives without anyone ever knowing they're a witch. And it's because it's such a personal experience. Like, Obviously, that status symbol of like, oh, I'm a witch. I like the aesthetic. You know, I like people to know that I do it because I like to incorporate other people into it and things like that. There's so many different ways you can go about it. But at its core, you are you are doing that practice because you are trying to get something from it that will affect you. Right. Like for me, for example, when I do when I do a spell to cleanse my room of negative energy, to use that example again. Right. You guys don't really go in my room. Nobody goes in my room. It's pretty much just me, right? I mean, we go in there for you go, well, conversations. Yes, yes, that's true. That's very true. But it, but generally speaking, like on a day-to-day -day basis, I'm really the only one who uses that room. Right. And so when I cleanse it of negative energy, that's pretty much just for me. Like, you know, if it yeah, works for other you're warding yourself sure. off from like intrusive thoughts or whatever exactly. you want it to do. Exactly. And so like, like that, like that's such a good example of, of how personal it really is. Like, it's just, you aren't practicing because you are sort of using it as a tool to better your life, right? And you can definitely extend that to others. You know, there's plenty of spells and rituals and energy work that can affect others, but you don't have to go that way. And at its core, it's still sort of a personal thing, even when you do that, because you're sort of channeling this energy through you outward. Um, now, the... Let me jump in here real sure. quick because I, I I have a, a a kind of an interesting um, uh, way to go with this. So uh, you just mentioned you just mentioned that it is uh, that it's very personal that it's uh, it's about your connection to uh, these different energies and that kind of thing, mm -hmm. uh, and you you are trying to get something out of it. And I would make the argument that uh, uh, most religions are exactly the same way. Um, to yeah. a certain extent, right? Yeah. There, I mean, most religions... It's to help have, people. Well, yeah, it's to help yourself, it's to help people, it's right. to bring you closer to whatever you're trying to get closer to. Um, but a lot of religions also have, like, this side of, like, you should share this with other people. You should share... Uh, you should, like, essentially try to convert other people and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but uh, backing away from that a little bit, uh, let's go more into uh, how it affects other people, uh, how involving other people that maybe uh, you don't, uh, that maybe don't know that you are um, 
a practitioner of witchcraft uh, or that kind of thing. Um, and when you think about uh, when you think about um, like the act of like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to pray for you. Right. Someone someone's in the hospital, uh, like thoughts and prayers, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and I assume to a certain extent that's a, that's basically what you are offering uh, to other people when you uh, cast a spell in witchcraft, mm-hmm. right? Um, but like, I don't know. There are there are. I'm sure that there are like I know Christians that uh, don't allow their children to watch Harry Potter because that's witchcraft. Uh, at like you, I don't want my children exposed to that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Do you ever? Does it ever cross? Um, uh, I mean, and we've gone, we, we've, uh, like discussed kind of like an overview of witchcraft. So we'll orient it more towards, uh, like the way that you go about things. Sure. Now. Um, does it ever cross your mind when you're casting a spell or anything like that, that, uh, has the possibility of, uh, affecting someone other than yourself? Um, does that, would this person be offended if I sent these energies in their direction? That's a very, very good point to bring up because that comes up a lot. And, and to, to go back real quick to that misconception, um, some of the examples that, that I brought up earlier about like stereotypes about witchcraft, one of the biggest ones is the concept of love spells, where a lot of people assume that if you're a witch, it means that you're casting spells, you're hexing people. I'm giving you bad luck through magic. Or yeah, I'm, you're diminishing their free will. Right, or I'm, yeah, you're diminishing free will, or I'm making you love me through magic. And generally speaking you know there's always outliers in in terms of like specific witches but generally speaking that type of thing like affecting someone else when they don't know it or if they're not if they're not privy to it is a big no-no in witchcraft like that is that is something that you generally do not do and i want to reference something i i honestly can't say whether for sure if this is just witchcraft or if this is a wiccan thing so i apologize if i'm getting this wrong but there is something called the threefold rule, which says whatever energy you put out into the universe, expect to receive it threefold. So basically, if I were to hex you, Alex, and give you bad luck because you pissed me off one day, mm-hmm. I should expect three times that bad luck yeah. at some point. Right. And so it's it's that rule that that is sort of a it, it's sort of a specific thing that represents a much bigger thing where it's like like i think praying for someone is fine i think that casting a a, you know a spell that's sort of like oh, i'm just gonna send some positive energy their way i think that's fine too personally speaking i don't cast spells on people without them knowing like the one or so he said well that's that's (laughs) what i was gonna say actually (laughs) well that's natural charm i suppose um but the one time that i've cleansed this apartment Mm -hmm. i told you guys about it Right. And it's because I don't do that unless you guys know, because you can have your own things that you're doing, your own ways of sort of distributing energy, even if you don't know that it involves energy. And I could be messing with that. Right. And it's also just one of those things where it's exactly like you were saying, like if if, you know, if I met someone on the bus or something and we struck up a a brief conversation and they they lent me five dollars or whatever. Right. I might come home and be like, oh, I'm going to send some positive energy that way. And I do it through witchcraft. 
it's very possible that if I saw that person again, I was like, oh, hey, I casted a spell on you to give you good luck. And that person was like hardcore Christian or something. They'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. You just offended my deity. Exactly. And that's a very specific situation. But it's those kinds of things where it's like it's it's a matter of respect. Right. It's like, I don't know what kinds of practices you have or your beliefs on things. I don't know yours. I don't know anybody's. So it's like unless I, I get that that okay from them specifically like hey i'm thinking about doing a spell that might help cleanse your energy are you cool with that you say no i don't do it Hmm. you say yes sure i'll probably tell you more about it so that you know what it involves and i think that's generally how witches go about doing things again there's always outliers but the general rule is that like you don't you don't do things directly to affect other people without them knowing and that's why it's such a personal practice because you're so focused on working with energy or doing this magic that affects sort of the universe and it affects like the fabric of time and space and all these things, all these medical metaphysical things that influence you in your own life. And the way that I, that I choose to go about it is I distribute those good energies and those good vibes to people through affecting myself first. Right? So if I'm feeling down and I do some spells or some affirmations or something to make myself feel better, then from there, the magic is still there, but the spell has ended, right? Now it's just a matter of, okay, I need to I need to love and support my friends and family without crystal grids and, you know, and and making herb jars and things like that. It's just like, okay, well now now that I am in a better mental state and a better emotional state, mm-hmm. now I can love and support my friends in a more natural way. Yeah. Um and so that's that's how I choose to go about it. And I, I, I th- I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that's how most witches would do it, just because of things like the threefold rule. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it, at least. Sure. Um, now, you said that uh, you said that uh, witchcraft is intensely personal. Mm-hmm. Um, does that mean that does that mean that you think that um, spells and rituals that are specifically designed to affect yourself caster? Um, is more effective or more powerful than something that you might do to uh, affect someone else uh, if you had their permission, right? So the idea of uh, going to someone like, and I'll bring up a pop culture reference, like a hedge witch, mm-hmm. right? Uh, to go to a hedge witch and, um, and maybe I'm using that wrong, um, but, uh, I see where you're coming from, yeah. yeah. And, uh, it, because, oh, I, uh, I, I, I want something, uh, for myself, but I'm not a practitioner of magic. I'm right. not a, I'm not a witch. Um, do you, is there any discussion about what that, lo- the, the power between what is coming from someone else for someone that is not a practitioner versus a practitioner for themselves. Well, the thing about that is that it really is all about whether or not you individually believe that it will work because a huge, huge part of witchcraft and what goes into those spells and rituals is it is, it is manifestation through intention, right? When you sit down and you follow a recipe with all these ingredients and steps to do a spell, excuse me, that's going to bring you more money in the future, right? You are doing that spell fully believing that it will work, right? Because, you know, the the general, like, like um, you know, like any skeptic off the street would say, like, 
oh, sure, I could sit down and cast a, cast that exact same spell, do exactly what you did. It wouldn't work, right? And that's because they don't believe it's going to work. And I think that, you know, and, and maybe this is a little sacrilegious to say, even if possibly that's not even the right word, but in a certain sense, I kind of compare it to, like, the placebo effect. Okay. You know, I'm not saying they're the same thing at all because they're not, but I think that on principle, it's, it's kind of the same thing where it's like, if, if I do a spell that's going to bring me good luck, if I fully believe it's going to bring me good luck, it'll bring me good luck. Just because that's how the brain works. Sure, right? that's and what you're looking for. Exactly. That's what you're looking for. So naturally, it's going to happen to you more. And at the very least, that's kind of how I do my spells. As I, as I say, okay, I'm going to bring myself some good luck. And you have to basically be totally committed to it. Otherwise, it's sort of like, well, there's not really much point. Like, you could just say, I'm going to be lucky, right? And that's fine. But if you don't believe it, then you're probably not going to be any luckier than you were before. Yeah, it's like a declaration of hope. Exactly. Like for whatever whatever your intent is with the spell, it's kind of like an official to yourself that this marks the beginning of X, Y, or Z. Right. And I was thinking about that earlier when you were talking about like, you know, people cleanse their rooms and things like that. It's just like that probably helps with intrusive thoughts because intrusive thoughts is kind of something that just festers in the moment. Mm-hmm. And so if you are somehow in, for what reason, like in a vulnerable position to negative thoughts, that is exactly what is going to walk through your door. Mm-hmm. What, what is your mind, if not your most personal room? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like, I think it's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Yeah, I think and it's super cool. Like as far as like, especially like if you have problems like controlling what your mind thinks mm-hmm. and things like that, or like. It helps you be more grateful. I mean, like, apart from, like, just, just like a distant observation, like, apart, like, it helps you, like, control your negative thoughts. It, it helps you think more optimistically. Like, you're you're literally writing down, like, mentally writing down and then performing something to get what this, get something that you seek. Mm-hmm. Like, and it helps you focus your mind on, like, I'm doing this fucking thing to reward myself with this objective. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, positive visualization and things like that, like those, those are really fucking effective tools mm-hmm. towards like, you know, unfucking yourself. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we talk a lot about on the podcast about, uh, about getting interested in something and taking the first steps toward it. Yeah. Right. And, uh, like these kinds of, uh, like, taking and what is casting a spell or saying a prayer or doing a meditation if not like at the very least the very first steps towards doing something to make a change in your life right Mm -hmm. trying to attain some sort of peace yeah Mm -hmm. i think of it on the same level as like like oh i'm gonna start dieting or i'm gonna start exercising it's it's all about just like putting like like taking those steps like you were saying taking those first steps towards something that's going to be consistent and good for you right right and um, I wanted to mention something about what you were saying Alex uh, to piggyback off that for some people it really is about the concept of being influenced by some outside thing right and I think that's where I think that's where a lot of people place their their faith in in their personal like religious beliefs is like, you know, it's like if there's this outside for like if I if I can sort of like like, oh, I don't I don't know that I believe that I am mentally in a state where good fortune will come to me. Mm. Sometimes for some people it can be like, oh, well, if I ask the universe 
for those energies, then it'll give it to me and it'll help me. Mm -hmm. And for some people, just having it sort of having like some mm -hmm. of that responsibility be on that outside force, like even just in a small amount, yeah, can help tremendously because then it takes some of that stress away from you and that it's like okay of yeah it's like overwhelmed yeah exactly it's like i can start focusing on these things while the universe is giving me good energy yeah and whether or not you believe that actually works and the universe is actually giving you energy doesn't really matter yeah because if you can if you can just believe that like that energy is coming from somewhere else mm -hmm. sometimes that's enough yeah i mean faith faith in yourself and like that's i'll but like uh <laughs> but um like doing like a ritual or a spell or something like that is uh like having that sort of faith in your own confidence and stuff like that because like that's what confidence like when the chips are down that's what fucking confidence is yep. like confidence is faith yep. in yourself in your and your capabilities it is. and so like for one reason or another like morale gets broken for all the different kinds of reasons but and like you have to rebuild your confidence and like regain the trust of yourself and like believe in yourself like you there is no tomorrow like there is only now there is no yesterday and so you have to be confident and have faith that the you tomorrow will be able to accomplish what it is that you want to fucking do mm -hmm. yeah. and so like i mean like fucking i think that's pretty cool mm -hmm. like i know that like witchcraft or like to some degree is like uh like it's not as unpopular as it used to be like you know you go to shops and shit and like they have crystals and things yeah I don't know shit about that, but I understand the concept of like, if you need to do some shit to make you believe in you, I'm not going to get in the way of that. Like, that's only good. Mm -hmm. Like, and like, I mean, like, I don't give a shit about the metaphysical universe, like, but that's not up to me to determine. And like, if it helps, that's awesome. It's self-care. Yeah. Like dieting and exercising and getting rid of toxic people and yeah. like, you know, whatever you would do to get yourself back on track. It's Peace all self-care. That's what it is. Yeah. I mean, they say that they say that if you removed all uh, if you removed all like traces of religion in any form from the universe, give it a few generations uh, of human beings and there would be new religions that would pop up. Yeah, um, exactly. It's just it's something that provides support and answers that real life humans uh, can't necessarily do all by themselves. A lot of the time, yeah. Yeah. faith steals the resolve in people facing against an unkind universe. Yeah. It's a natural thing. Like every single person, whoever you are, no matter what your background is, you, you hold hope in something. Yeah. Right. For, I would say for most people, it's probably just themselves. For other people, you know, who maybe are, you know, don't live a, a very good life. They don't have the things that they want. Sometimes they put their faith in religion instead. And they say, okay, well, no matter what happens to me, there's there's this, you know, afterlife or heaven or whatever their religious beliefs say, you know, or reincarnation or something where it's like, no matter what happens to me, there is something past that. There's something greater. Yes, there is something greater past that. And for I, I think it's i think alex you said it well it's it's like it's self-confidence like you're you're putting that hope in yourself you're saying that mm -hmm. like okay i trust that the universe will get me to where i need to go but i have to do that i have to i have to physically get up and walk there yeah you know, the universe isn't just going to carry me there and it's mm -hmm. a whole lot easier to pick something 
to, to like pick something and say, I'm going to put my faith in that mm-hmm. versus just being like, oh, there's this cloud of I have no idea. I'm not even going to think about it. Yeah, doubt. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and place my focus on that, even though there isn't a target. Uh, and uh, it sounds like witchcraft is a great way to give yourself steps uh, and ways that other people that have come before uh, have outlined to give you ways of handling the life that you're currently dealing with mm-hmm. right yes i would agree so let's talk about those steps let's talk uh, let's talk about some spells mm, okay um now what what have you delved into as far as witchcraft goes to be honest not a whole lot okay um I mean, I've done some very, very basic things. Like, I actually don't do spells very often. I, I generally read tarot or Elder Futhark runes um, for most of my practice. Like, I just, there's just a lot of, like... What was that sneeze that you just said? Yeah. <laughs> Elder Futhark. Okay. That is Norse. The okay. old Norse runes. Um, read similarly to tarot, um, just with different contexts and different ways of going about it. Now, I'm sure there's some misconceptions about what... Uh, what uh tarot uh, what reading tarot cards and uh reading runes or um uh divination Mm -hmm. uh in general Mm -hmm. um like let's go into that yeah actually just to 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 start i there was a friend who i was talking to about tarot and i said that i hadn't read for anybody yet which is still technically true and he said i don't know if i want you to ever read for me and i was like okay and he was like, I don't think I would ever want anybody to read tarot for me. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, can I can I ask why? And he was like, well, I, it's because I don't I don't want to know my future. <laughs> and I was like, that's really interesting because when I read my own tarot or when I when I read my own runes, I'm not I'm generally not doing it to see the future. It's I do it for reflection, right? Um, I read once that. Uh, talking about tarot specifically but it said the cards will never tell you something you don't already know and i really like that because i've had some very very fulfilling experiences reading tarot cards for myself just for specific situations and in a grander sense and every single time that i've felt one of those fulfilling experiences the cards were basically affirming something i had already suspected about the way that i truly felt about something or maybe something that i was hung up on Okay. And so for me, it's not about like, like, oh, what's in my future? You know, sure. Sometimes I I do a spread or there's just a single card where it's like, you know, if I were to continue doing this thing that I've been doing, where might I end up? And sure, that's a little bit of divination, but Uh, that shit's fun as fuck. I've I've had my runes read like whenever like I've had I get my runes read sometimes uh, by my buddy Thor. Mm -hmm. And like, it's definitely like a directed self exploration. And like, Mm -hmm. it's very easy for the mind to just bury things that are uncomfortable to think about. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course there are many distractions and things like that, that are already in your mind, like current stressors and shit like that. But there's also a deeper you that needs to be expressed and dealt with Mm -hmm. because it's just not fucking good for you. Like you, and then like the specific part, because it's only for the runes that I've done, it's there's only one part that's about your future. And to me, that future is a future of this Alex that didn't read these runes. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like it reads like your past, your present, some other shit and some other stuff. 
And then like, you know, there's all these different symbols and it's just like, this means this. And then you're just like, oh, my past is, I don't know, it's probably discomfort or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. And it's just like, oh yeah, like I've been dealing with a lot of emotional bullshit. Like, uh, hmm, I am, I'm like acknowledging to myself that I have suffered and that I should probably give myself some extra lovins so that way I can be better to myself. And then it's just like, your future is this. And it's just like, and it's like, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like a guideline. It's just like, yes. oh, that could happen, yeah. like, or blah, blah, blah. And so it's just like, I mean, I'd be down to get my tarot read. I've yeah. never done tarot before. But oh, yeah, dude, me too. Like, it's even like the concept of, like, if you get, like, your future and it's, like, death, it's just like, duh. So? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there, I mean, there's something there, too. The death card doesn't necessarily represent death. But yeah, that's, that's it's a just the ending of something. Yeah, but I was going to say that I read a little bit into, like, Norse philosophy and, like, and, like how those original, like, runes were used. And as I understand it, I could be wrong, but as I understand it, the Norse, uh, based on like North, Norse mythology and things like that, they didn't necessarily believe that the runes were showing them the future. They were, the runes are showing you a, a future, future. Yeah. because Norse mythology and Norse uh, philosophy is cyclical. So they believe that everything works in cycles and there's sort of these like branching or like alternate cycles yeah so it's like if you were to continue on your current path and not change anything you'll yep. you'll experience this cycle that's in this future hit. and that's what your rune is saying but if you change things it's like oh okay you know if i really start dieting and exercising or you know I, I finally get rid of that person that's that's causing me trouble suddenly you've 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 left that path and now you're on a different one and the runes didn't tell you about that one unless you specifically asked for it mm -hmm. so it's like when you when you pull a rune that represents your future generally speaking it represents one future yeah and i think that's where there is a misconception about tarot is people are like oh no like i did a tarot reading for the first time and yeah it told me my I, I was gonna turn into spaghetti exactly or like it, you know they got the death card and the lady was like oh man that's Biscuits. really bad and it's like okay sure that might represent something bad but that could also just very well not be the case depending on how you approach this situation that you yeah did a tarot reading about yeah, if there's um, something bad in your reading, it's like, maybe you should stop being so shitty. Or there's just something that about end. the way that you're going about it that's not working for you. And this is representing how badly it's not working for you. Yeah. you know? It sounds like there is uh, a ton of room for uh, error. The thing about tarot is that it is about interpretation. Mm -hmm. They say that even though your So tarot cards have specific like like meanings that have been generally accepted as truth like oh this card represents this you know the two of swords represents a, a harsh decision that you have to, that you have to make but what what as i understand it what you're supposed to do when you read tarot is both the reader mostly the querent though when you put down that card you are supposed to look at the image on that card you're supposed to think about it in terms of your of the situation that the reading is about, and you're supposed to interpret that in your own way. So if you see the Two of Swords, which in the traditional tarot deck is a, a blindfolded figure holding two swords, okay, that's pretty universally like a decision, but it could mean something different for you. It could mean something totally different than what the accepted meaning is. And that's where the interpretation come in, comes in, and I think that's where the quote-unquote error that you're talking about comes in, is it could be like, you know, the reader could be like, oh, the two of swords. Okay, that means this. And you go, well, when I see that card, I don't I don't think about a decision that needs to get made. I think about this other thing. 
that's what matters most is how you interpret that card. Yeah, so you're talking I, to your subconscious. Yeah, so I think yeah, when, I, so I think when you're talking about the possible room for error there, it's more that there is a disconnect between how you feel about it and how the card is traditionally thought about. Well, I mean, more so what I'm talking about in error is uh, is just like knowing yourself in general, yeah. right? It sounds like when you're when you're doing one of these divinations, when you're doing a tarot reading or a rune reading, uh, you're not so much reading the tarot or reading the runes as much as you're reading yourself, right? That's exactly what it is. Right. So if you're garbage at reading, <laughs> if you're garbage at reading yourself, yeah. uh, and you don't know a whole lot about tarot yes. uh, or a whole lot about runes, it sounds like there's a really big possibility that you're going to go into that and you're going to uh, completely misinterpret things uh, that maybe uh, the cards or uh, the statistics, essentially, or the uh, runes are going to provide you. Right. Um, so, like. A lot of, with like a lot it's it sounds like the kind of thing that you want to have a guide for yes and generally speaking when a tarot reading is done it's done by someone who is well practiced in tarot and kind of knows those meanings and not just knows the meanings like flashcards because that's not really how you're supposed to do it right but the reader is supposed to be good at interpreting those cards and assessing their meaning in coordination with the querent and their situation that they're asking about so like and I, and I believe me, I've realized this, like when I say I've had a lot of like fulfilling experiences reading tarot for myself, that's because I'm when I spread out the cards, I'm looking at what I expect to see. Right. Sure. Like when I look at the cards, sometimes there are surprises and I'm like, oh, I, you know, this card represents this facet of life that I or this emotion that I never even considered relevant to this. But generally speaking, it's like I start putting down cards and it's like, OK, OK, I get it. Yep. I totally get it. Yep. I totally understand it. And then. It becomes this fulfilling thing, and that's and that's exactly what you're saying. It's because, like, okay, well, I can only read myself up to a certain point, you know, and no matter how good I am at reading myself, I can't really go past that. But I do feel like whenever I do a tarot reading for myself or a rune reading, every time I I, I get better at reading myself. Okay. Um, and I think that's where practice and consistency comes in. And that's why people who read tarot, like, you know, you go to a shop or something and you get your tarot read, that's by someone who's been doing it for 20 years. And that's because they've gotten better and better and better each time at reading people. Yeah, they've, they've got the wisdom, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about tarot. Uh, runes essentially are very similar. They are very similar. I mean, there's there's different ways of going about it. It's, it's kind of a different thing. The runes mean different things than tarot and all that stuff yeah tarot um, has like cool little characters and shit the runes are symbols yeah, yeah. symbols and not pictures yeah. just like scratches in a rock right and there's different philosophies that go with both but i i definitely do lump them together in terms of my own practice as a tool or as tools i consider them to be very 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 similar tools they just sort of self-exploration yeah they're both self-exploration they're both for um, you know, discovery or reflection or even a little bit of divination. But, um, you know, I do use them for different things, I okay. would say. Cool. Um, what else have you, uh, what else have you uh, gotten into? Um, uh, we, we've got some crystals sitting on the table here. We do have some crystals here. These ones were gifted to me by, well, mostly lovely Cheyenne, but uh, I consider them a gift from you guys also. Um, but yeah, I'd like to expand my crystal collection. I don't have very many, but uh, 
Crystals are very interesting. Each one has a generally accepted meaning, but you know, like with anything, it's up to your own interpretation. But um, I use these guys in pretty much everything I do. Um, sometimes even when I do just like a simple tarot reading based on something that's been bugging me, I'll pick a crystal that I feel like matches what's going on. And I just, you just put it there. You just put it there and it just, it helps. I mean, why not? Right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, uh, there have been beliefs about uh, the ability of minerals and crystals mm-hmm. and that kind of thing to uh, uh, hold or focus energy uh, mm-hmm. in lots of different um, uh, ways. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, uh, and it kind of sounds like as far as witchcraft goes, if you believe it, then it is, right? Pretty much. So, um, there, uh, and there are these things that people have kind of come to uh, conclusions more or less about and uh, it's about it's all about your buy-in right mm-hmm. yeah and i'm gonna i'm gonna go out on a limb here and i don't think this is the unpopular opinion but um i think that the witch aesthetic is very important okay at least for some people it's not some people don't care at all i like the witch aesthetic which is obvious by my black nails that i did this morning and all these rings that i wear yep but like the witch aesthetic really helps me a lot because, like, if I look over at my altar and I see all this witchy stuff on it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's a huge part yeah, of my life. Yeah, you're making it a part of yourself. Yeah, that's a huge part of my life right there, and I'm really glad I do it. And then I move on. Well, I mean, it's... Uh, it, Neat. It's, re- it's, like, self-affirming, right? Yeah. Uh, when, you, when you feel a certain way on the inside, Can and then the you look on the outside and you see that... It helps reflect it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What's this one? That's hematite for grounding it's a very heavy rock isn't it it is a very heavy rock i i have some is bloodstone a, 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 uh, a rock in, used in like crystal stuff sorry what uh, no no go ahead okay. bloodstone uh, i'm not familiar with bloodstone but if it is the considered a crystal stone. or mineral then yes probably mm, i'm gonna look that shit up <laughs> i have a i have a book that has a and a generally accepted meaning for every possible i want to look at that book so <laughs> I'll, I'll show you that book afterwards cool very yeah. interesting um the background in oh yeah I, I i there was a there was a while there where i was studying geology and mm-hmm. uh in college and uh i very much have an interest in uh like geology mineralogy and that kind of thing mm-hmm. um and so it's really interesting looking at uh, seeing uh these alternative uh uses for um uh these things that i have a somewhat decent understanding of at least yeah. scientifically um yeah i mean that's super cool um is there anything else that you want to go into uh about like like spells that you've done or anything like that um i mean like i said before like i haven't really done a ton of spells i i think generally speaking i i I sometimes feel limited with what i can do because i really like candles as a as a tool for magic but i don't like burning candles in that tiny bedroom why um well fire hazard this is see i trust myself at this point sure. for the single candle but i have a very deep-seated fear of loud sudden sharp noises and i hate fire alarms and that is honestly the biggest reason why i don't use candles very often interesting because i'm always terrified that it's going to go off so, so you have a hard time with loud noises generally speaking yes. how, how do you hang out with me <laughs> um it's been an adjustment <laughs> but you you are nowhere near as loud as a fire alarm so but it, it's it's that, and it's just sort of like, there's times where I, I, I have this thing where sometimes I, I won't 
do something I want to do unless the conditions are totally right. Okay. And I think that translates to doing spells and rituals sometimes too, where it's like, okay, I've read about this recipe, this spell recipe that I found online. I have all the things for it. I kind of want to do it, but it's like, oh, the conditions aren't right. Like, you know, as silly as it may sound, like, oh, the moon's not right in the right phase or it's not the right time of day or like, you know, I don't, I don't have a, you know, I can't face my altar in a certain cardinal direction. Like, there's these little things where it's like, ah, it's just not quite right. It's not perfect. So maybe I'll just wait. Now, I don't want to, uh, I don't want this to turn into, uh, like, anything like a, um, like a therapy, like a session or anything. Uh, Right. But like what, like I've known you for a long time and you have a lot of apprehension about a lot of things. I do. Um, and one of the things that we have, uh, one of our philosophies here on hub for hubbub is, uh, do it and smack your face against it, uh, against the wall, uh, until it works for you. Yeah. Pick up your teeth and do it again. Yep. And then ask questions later. Exactly. (laughs) Um, is there, uh, is there anything that you've maybe had, uh, some amount of apprehension for that, um, uh, like doing it as a group with, uh, your closest friends might help you do? talking about like spells and rituals and things um i think it would be cool to do a like an apartment cleansing together but i'd have i mean i haven't like set up anything for that i don't know what would go into involving other people in it um i think that reading tarot as a group could be good too um i don't know how tarot works with groups either because generally it's only really supposed to be for one person but i don't see why you couldn't um but um, I mean, what, what if you that, read tarot for the podcast? I mean, oh like, God. I mean, that not be... for not for Alex or for me, oh, but like for like the general. entity that is becoming the podcast. Well, that would be interesting. Um, I mean, if we consider the podcast an entity, then presumably it has its own thoughts and feelings and concerns, and it wants to live. Concerned with Alex. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Well, maybe tarot can help with that. Then who knows? Hmm. It could be interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, like I said, I've never read tarot for anybody but myself. So what is uh, what is the darkest um, magic that you've looked into? Um, well, I don't know if I would say looked into, but I've read a lot about different kinds of magic. And there's things like blood magic and sex magic that mm. are like probably things I'll never try. It's, Why? I don't, I don't feel the need for it, I guess. Okay. I mean, blood is is the most, like, powerful, natural thing in regards to human beings. Sure. So when you use blood in a spell, it's going to intensify the spell like, like whoa. That's fucking cool. <laughs> okay. And generally speaking, I think most witches or most, like, everyday witches don't incorporate blood into their spells just because, honestly, for a lot of people, I would say it's just about the conception of it. Like... It's about the connotation of like, oh, I'm I'm cutting my palm to, you know, pour blood onto my altar. And it's like, oh, I don't know if I want that. Like, I think about it that way sometimes, too. But I, you know, I, I like to think that I'm open minded enough to at least consider it. OK, um, but it's just I mean, is it taboo or is there any sort of negativity tied to it? Or is it literally just like an amp? Um, I mean, it depends on what you're using it for. Like if you're if you're doing it to reconnect with the earth. I wouldn't say it's taboo. You're just, you're, you're giving some, you're giving a part of yourself literally back to the earth. I think that's cool. If you're using your own blood to hex someone, there's some problems there, Mm. probably. 
Um, but it's just especially kind of like, if it comes back to you threefold. Exactly. And supposedly an yeah. amp. Be amp content with your own death. Exactly. Yes. Um, I think it's just for me. It's just I don't feel like it's an ingredient I'll ever need. Um, maybe at some point in the future. But then again, I've only been doing this for like a year or so. So sure. Neat. Now, what about sex magic? Well, that's an interesting topic. Um, <sighs> that's sex. what we're here for. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, I don't know a whole lot about sex magic. I just understand that. The general idea of incorporating sex into a spell is that, like, you are kind of like blood. You're putting something very primal and very human into it. Something like sex has been around since, since, you know, the dawn of man, basically. Before. Since before, yeah. Um, chicken egg scenario, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What came chicken. first, the chicken or the egg? Exactly. The other chicken. <laughs> exactly. Came first. Um, but, I would uh, say the egg came first. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I haven't really looked a lot into sex magic, so I don't know exactly what it's used for. But there was a there's a book that I have that's about, um, or at least it talks about sigil magic, in which is basically where you create your own symbol sure. that no one else has seen, only you, so that it only has meaning to you. Kind of sounds like a true name in, of sorts. It's a little bit of a true name. Yes, it's it's very kind of similar to that. But you do it for a specific purpose. Like, you could you could make a sigil for good luck. Okay. And as long as you carry it with you, or it's ingrained in your psyche, or whatever, it's there. But uh, what I was getting at is, there's a lot of different ways to charge a sigil, and basically activate it. And one of the ways that I, I guess you could do it is by, is by having an orgasm while you focus on the sigil, so that it burns it into your mind. Interesting. Which Damn, is, that's fucking cool. Yeah, it's a very, <laughs> like, esoteric thing, and it, it really comes down to, like, personal preference like i don't think i would ever need that to charge a sigil but why not it's a tool sure i suppose absolutely plus it's sex so you know fuck it yeah literally (laughs) yeah um as far as other things um i think your original question was the darkest yeah the darkest um i mean there's some elements of occultism that i don't know that i would ever touch just because some of that stuff scares me um Oh, one thing I'd like to bring up is uh, Ouija boards. Ooh. I will never touch a Ouija board. Never, ever. You're never going to touch a no, Ouija board. I've never used a Ouija board, and I never will. Okay. I don't I don't 100% know that I believe in ghosts, sure. but I'm not going to take the chance and <laughs> bring a demon into my home just because I thought it would be cool to use a Ouija board. That's really interesting. Uh, I uh, Now, uh, if Shane is uh, an apprehensive person... Um, uh, I uh, am less so, and uh, I a refined am... dumbass. <laughs> um, but uh, like a Ouija board is something that I'm definitely scared of on some level, right? Uh, and uh, I think naturally, in a lot in a lot of regards, I'm a skeptic to most things, yeah. right? Uh, I'm a skeptic to uh, like conventional thought in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember we uh, for a like a team building exercise with work, uh, we went to uh, this place in San Diego called Old Town. Uh, and there is uh, the Whaley House down there. Yes. Uh, and uh, next to the Whaley House, there's like this old saloon and inn that uh, we went to. And it was like it, it was nighttime and we had a ghost tour uh that we were on and one of the things exercise what's up that's a hell of a team building exercise it was interesting um and i was expecting like a trust fall or something i know (laughs) i was like here's an obstacle course don't fucking kill each other right you guys are gonna fuck with demons um welcome to target bitch (laughs) (laughs) but we uh 
so we we sat in this room and uh, we sat around this big table and uh, the the like the tour guide uh, basically told us that he was going to try and bring some bring some spirits Seance. into the room and that kind of thing and it was it was not involved right sure uh, there there was uh, very little ritual uh, involved yeah. in that kind of thing but uh, from what it sounds like you're saying if this guy is uh, somewhat of a practitioner of magic a practitioner of witchcraft then uh, all he needs is really what he feels like he needs right um, pretty much and uh, like one of the things that he would do he said is oh I, I, I are there any volunteers that want to like feel the presence of a ghost right and so uh, yes. he, he talked to uh, it, there were a couple people that were interested and I was one of those people that was interested yeah. um, so he had me go sit uh, he had me go sit um, in this chair that we put in a doorway right and uh, one of the stories that he told about one of the ghosts that was uh, like a regular sighting at this place um, was that they would walk through this. Uh, they would walk through mm. this room and walk through this doorway. And supposedly I would feel something uh, when they passed through that doorway. Um, and so I sat in the spot and uh, I really, really, really want like ghosts and the occult and magic and that kind of thing to be real fuck with it but magic is real and i'll die on that hill. okay but i i know where you're getting it. right but i am also a skeptic i want some kind of proof i, I want to feel something i want to have some kind like of tangible proof. Uh, well not necessarily even tangible uh like i want to I want to experience it in some way other than just my mind telling me oh that's Sure. Okay. And uh, I, I felt receptive. I felt open to the idea. Um, I legitimately, I legitimately feel like if something could prove to me that it was real, then I would be a good target for that proof to come to being. Sure. And uh, so I sat in this spot and he supposedly had this uh, ghost, this spirit uh, walk through the spot and, uh, a couple times and i didn't feel anything and so i was a big fucking buzzkill and i didn't go along with the <laughs> i didn't go along with See, the um, yeah. the uh the ruse or right. whatever if that's up. what he yeah. was doing um and uh i was disappointed um i it i was uh i was really hoping that i might experience something and um I mean, and to a certain extent, I really do believe in ghosts and that kind of thing. I have uh, uh, this house across the street from where I grew up uh, had multiple um, incidents where uh, over the years, multiple uh, multiple different families have lived in that house. And I know for a fact, well, I mean, as much of a fact as I as I uh, can, that uh, they that the people living there didn't tell the people that moved in about uh is experiences uh like like ghost sightings and that kind of thing in the house and i've heard stories from multiple different people that lived there uh about uh like hearing children running through the halls <laughs> right um and basically what i'm getting at is like i i really want that shit to be real oh sure yeah i'm i'm, I'm kind of in a similar boat like like i love 
watching horror movies where they summon demons with Ouija boards. That that stuff is so cool to me. Do I want that in real life? Absolutely not. And I'm not willing to take that risk. Can you stick a demon in a rock? Yeah, probably. Hmm. That that's an that's an interesting concept that like, we should go into. Like bind right? it into a rock? Yeah, sure. If you if you can, if you're quote unquote if you believe, powerful, enough, if you believe enough, enough, enough and you enough. can. Psh- yeah, I don't see why not. Now, but then you, now but with then you have a demon rock, and then what do you do with that? Leave it in someone's house. Okay. <laughs> now, with witchcraft, is there like a, um, is there like a, any kind of, uh, oh, this is a very powerful practitioner, um, or anything oh, yeah. like that? Oh yeah, I mean, there's, there's, how, how do we, uh, how, how do, how do you, you know? go about uh, determining that? Is there like a metachlorian count or anything like uh, that? There's definitely not sperm that. count. Um, if you want that, you'll have to watch uh, Star Wars. Okay, um, okay, because it's definitely in that. No, but um, I mean, there are generally accepted, you know, powerful witches. I don't know exactly what constitutes that, but I think it's, I think it's, it's a, it's a respect within that community type of thing. You know, it's, it's kind of like the village elder type thing where it's like okay. they've proved themselves to be capable of facilitating these group rituals or they're capable of manifesting things or maybe they're just knowledgeable. And I think that I think any of those things or any combination of those things would probably equate to a powerful practitioner. OK, um, it really just like if you believe someone's powerful, or if you believe you're powerful, sure, why not? neat okay so ouija boards uh how can we build up your power level to the place uh, to to the place where uh you feel um uh enough lack of apprehension to uh get involved in that kind of thing well i don't know you have to close it i don't know that it would involve my power level i think it would involve it's over nine thousand. shut the fuck up it's always over nine thousand. i mean even if I had been practicing witchcraft for 40 years and I felt like I was, I was an, you know, Aleister Crowley level, you Who know, that? type of witch. Okay. Powerful figure. Um, now I, I know of Aleister Crowley from Supernatural, the TV show. Probably based on the real Aleister Crowley. Okay. Who's the real Aleister Crowley? I'm not a hundred percent sure. Okay. It's just, right. a, it's a name that gets tossed around. Google it folks. Yeah. Google mm-hmm. it. Look it up. But there's also like, uh, I believe his name is Scott Cunningham. He, he was one of the, he's considered like the father of, of modern witchcraft. Okay. So I, I think people consider him a powerful practitioner. Sure. If, if that answers your question. Um, so it's like, answer- not only do you have to believe in yourself, you have to have others believe in you. Mm-hmm. Hmm. For certain things. Yeah um i think i mean that just helps it does yeah i mean to answer your question about the ouija board thing i think even if i had been practicing for 40 years and felt powerful i still don't know that i would do it because no matter how powerful you are you are still inviting something to come into your home and sure maybe there's a disparity between can i get this thing out of my house versus i feel confident in getting this thing out of my house sure there's something there what if you don't want it out well, then I guess that's personal preference, but like, welcome to the party. If you sit we're, down, if you sit, we're lock packed. Yeah, we're lock packed. Sure. We're lock packed. Always I'm going to definitely be evil. <laughs> well, there's no surprise there. Um, I mean, like, like, I feel like the difference between using a Ouija board and doing a seance, right, is you do a seance because someone is missing their, their deceased loved one and wants to speak with them again. A Ouija board, I guess, could do that, too. But as I understand, like, traditional use of a Ouija board I mean, for God's sakes, like, like 
what is it like Hasbro or something yeah. that just makes Ouija boards and sells them at Walmart? Love it. Like no, that's ridiculous. Capitalism, no, it's awful. Folks. That's absolutely Capitalism. ridiculous. Don't don't buy a Ouija board at Walmart. It's like um, it's like hey, it, it's like if uh, Hasbro. Well, it's like if Hasbro okay. uh, like uh, came out with like a do-it-yourself Bible or yeah, or do-it-yourself seance. Dude, kid. yeah, Hasbro yeah. is just working to uh, let's just cancel Hasbro. Like they're infringing on witches. the purity of my household. Honestly, oh, get rid of Magic the Gathering. Are you okay with that? Fuck yeah. Okay, well, nah, I kidding. think you're okay with that. Uh-huh. I like magic. Do you? I do. But is it worth? Is it worth the demons? Ouija boards. Is it worth the yeah, demons worth, at the end of the day? Is it worth having Ouija boards uh, mass produced at Walmart? That I'm not sure. No. But it makes a mockery of it. Exactly. But I, I think just like just my personal beliefs is like I don't invite any energies that I don't want to then deal with. Right. Like the whole point of doing like a cleansing spell is to get rid of negative energy. Sure. When you do a when you when you use a Ouija board or if you just say, all right, demons come into my home, like without a Ouija board. You just said it. I did, but not with intent. Okay. Um, so you then, can just speak it? Sure. Why not? Hmm. Um, Alex, it, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I was just sure. thinking. Sure. <laughs> I think when you, sure. I think when you do that, you, like, sure, if it's something like a seance where it's like, okay, I want my deceased grandmother who I know and love and I know she's not evil, I'm going to invite her into my home to just kind of, you know, hang out so I can speak with her again. Mm, That's you don't fine. know your grandma that well. Well, then <laughs> maybe there's something else there and sure. you've got a horror movie Ooh. on your hands. But um, as I understand it, what you're doing is you are, you are, when you invite any kind of spirit or something from some other realm into your home, you are opening a gateway. And there are potentially other things that could also step through that gateway. Um, maybe that's maybe that's a load of BS. I don't know, but that's what I've read, and that's no. I mean, for the most it, part it, what I it works with the rest of like witchcraft being mostly dictated by will, mm-hmm. and so I mean, fucking okay. Yeah, I just I, I mean, I feel like if you're gonna pour your intent into into allowing a deceased loved one or someone to come into your house. Part of that involves opening something that you're probably not prepared to open, right? And so it's like something else could potentially come through there, or maybe that loved one has been affected by something. I mean, we're getting really esoteric here, but I think you get what I'm saying. Like, there's just there's a certain quality to doing that kind of spell work okay. that I I don't think I'll, I'd ever subscribe to. Um, there's a tool that a lot of witches use, and I I feel like I'm pronouncing this wrong, but I, I as far as I know, it's right. It's called an athame, which is basically a ritual dagger, and it's not used for stabbing. Hmm. It's used. I'm looking at you, Alex. <laughs> uh, but it's used for quote unquote, like cutting open a gateway to another realm in the air. So like people do. God, that's pe- fucking cool. People do these these grounding circle or not grounding circles, but they do these circles where they. Um, and when I say circle, I don't mean like a circle of people. I mean like you create a space around yourself that yeah. functions as a as a circle of a particular energy, and maybe for whatever reason mm. they want to step into another realm where they want to invite those energies in. So they'll use an athame and pour intent into that spell and slice open the air. Yeah, and like bask in the energy of whatever yeah. they want. Or they step through it, and then uh, and then when they're done doing what they do, they step back through into our world and they seal it. But. I don't have an athame. I kind of want one just for the sake of having one, but I don't think I'd ever use it. Interesting. Do you think that there are? Uh, do you think that there are uh, practitioners of magic that are uh, 
that go with like almost like this whole intention of like opening up as many gateways and doors to uh, this world as possible. I hope not. That's terrifying. But probably. Maybe there's a bunch of group of people. Maybe there's like another group of people that habitually close like clean portals for somebody else. That would know. be that would be a hell of a, a hell of an experiment, right? Daily chore. Well, gotta I, close some fucking portals today, guys. <laughs> um, oh man, I closed four today. It's been a good day. Yeah, fuck right. it. I mean, but you were contributing to the world by making it less unstable. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you could make the argument that you uh, that by opening up uh, by opening up portals, uh, you are contributing to the balance because if most uh, close are it. trying to close it, sure, then yeah. Balance I mean, is balance. I, the way I think of it, and, I, and this is purely just my own belief about opening gateways, as it were, is when you open one of these gateways, you are the one doing it. So whatever comes through is involved with you. So sure. it's like mm-hmm. I could go around slicing open gateways within a theme and be like, oh, go forth, my minions, and destroy the world. Sure. Yeah. But if something evil comes through, it's probably going to come after you because you're the one that pissed it off. It. Yeah. Or, or just you poked the bear. Yeah, like you're, yeah, like you're the one who let it in. You're the one who wanted it to come in. So why would it deal with anyone but you? You know, there's a whole lot of different things there, and I, you know, there's, there's really no, as far as I know, there's no science behind summoning demons through portals and things like that. But it's, it's one of those things, kind of like that you were saying, where it's like, in a way, I want to believe, a because it's cool, but b because. Even if there are demons and other realms and all that kind of stuff, that also means that there's probably good things that come from those realms, too. And I think that's where a lot of these universal energies come from. It's just that by doing these rituals where you're sort of drawing them in and you're doing energy work, you're doing it in a safe way, as opposed to Ouija boards, which is not a safe way, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, and it also reminds yourself... I mean, to me, like the way that I'm thinking about it right now is like... Uh, it helps you realize that you have limitations, not only uh, like physically, but also like a limit to your will or desire. Mm-hmm. And it helps to keep you more grounded by understanding like there is a lot to the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just to be on the same path as like maintaining self-control and understanding and, you know, will and focus and things like that. Like, uh, it's good to be reminded that, you know, there is a limit to your greed and like want for control and shit like that. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. You like it. Yeah, I agree. So we've talked a lot of, uh, about a lot of things having to do with uh, witchcraft in general, uh, about the kinds of practices that you Shane do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if someone was interested in this, how would they go about um, pursuing it? Yeah, a couple of book recommendations book recommendations youtube channels um uh maybe not uh, private apprenticeships um the number one thing i would recommend to anybody who's looking to at least research witchcraft read everything you can because one of the things that i think is both a blessing and a curse as far as witchcraft is concerned is that it is different for everybody everybody has their own interpretation of things right you could show a tarot card to 20 different people and they might all have an entirely different, uh, you know, uh, interpretation of it. Yeah. But it's like because everybody's practice is their own thing, 
it means different things for different people. And so, and it, it, like you can practice in whatever way you want, however you want. If you just want to grow herbs and just use them in cooking and you want to call yourself a witch, that's fine. You want to do crazy blood magic and stuff and you call yourself a witch, that's fine too. But maybe less fine. Maybe less fine. I mean, maybe you don't fucking, you can as do blood magic do, and as not, long as you're not texting me or anything. That's fine. But <laughs> it's it, what I'm trying to get at is like, you should take in as much information as possible because every book on witchcraft that you'll find is not fact. And I'm going to say that with confidence because everything in those books, if, if it, if it says like, this is what this is, that's because it is a generally accepted thing by many witches that does not necessarily mean that that's all it has to be um and so you know if someone says like like oh um uh hematite represents grounding if you mm-hmm. have a book that just outright says that you could have 20 books that say that but if hematite means something different to you it means something different to you yeah it's all very personal it is it's very personal so my number one recommendation would be to just read everything you can. Grab all the sources you can, talk to as many people as you can, and just take in everything and then decide for yourself what works for you and what you want to do. Um, that being said, I think some books that are have been really helpful for me, and I'm really bad with author names, um, but there is a there's a small book. It was the first one I had. It's called The Path to Witchcraft by Jennifer Saviano. I think that's her name. Um Scott Cunningham, who I mentioned earlier, he's the quote-unquote father of modern witchcraft. He has a lot of exactly. He has a lot of uh, a lot of good resources. He has a book on crystals. He has a book on herbs. He has a book on spells. Um, He's got a book on I think Wicca also because I believe he was Wiccan. Uh, But he has a whole bunch of books. Um, Who else? I should have brought some of them here, but. I think of other books and throw these in the show notes. That's cool. Sure. Yeah, we can definitely do that. Um, but yeah, I have some books that I've, that I've read that I, um, that I really like. Um, uh, Lisa Chamberlain, uh, she has a really good book on, she did one on tarot and on runes, just how to read them and like the history of them. Okay. I have both of them and that's where I learned how to do those things. Um, so she's a good resource, but, um, um, another big thing, and this might sound silly is I, I, Basically, I found the witchcraft subreddit, which was really helpful because it's just filled with people sharing their own stories and just asking questions and just being like, hey, I want to do this. How do I do it? Or I did this. What do I do about it? Things like that. And then from there, I found a whole bunch of other similar subreddits that talk about similar things and people sharing their practices and stuff. Um, Discord is a really good tool for meeting people these days. Um, There's tons of Discord servers for witchcraft, you know, both big and small. Um, but honestly, I would say just kind of look everywhere. Um, if you can go to a metaphysical store, you know, obviously right now we can't because they're all closed. Very unfortunate. Maybe they're at 25% ca- capacity. That just, that maybe just I'll have to, I'll have to look into that, but, um, um, yeah, definitely go to those stores. Cause chances are, even if the people working there aren't witches themselves, they probably know a good deal about it, cool. you know? Um, so yeah, I would just say take in everything talk to as many people as you can read as many books as you can and then from there formulate your own practice yeah figure out what what you want out of witchcraft how you feel comfortable going about it what limits you want to go to and i mean yeah just go with it you don't have to you don't have to decide everything right up front it is it is a learning process from start to finish it's about the journey man it is about the journey 
I mean, I've I've read stories from 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 witches that have been doing it for like 20, 30, 40 years, and they're like, yep, I still learn new things every day. And it's pretty amazing. Neat. Very cool. Alex, you got anything else? Mm, what does this one do? Amethyst? Yeah. That's for like insight and sort of like psychic communication. What's this one? Rose Quartz. That is for love and healing and like self. Are these three different? Uh, these two are the same. These are both clear quartz. Um, this was a tiny one that I got from something I bought on Etsy. Um, this one is selenite. This is different. This one is, uh, selenite. Let's see. Selenite is for, I forget exactly what selenite is for, but it, it also has to do with like, like making things neutral, like kind of like grounding. Um, and yeah, it balances things. Yeah. And clear quartz is really good for amplifying other, other ones. Hmm. So you could use, you could use some clear quartz in addition to a specific other crystal you have to help boost its properties. Neat. Yeah. Um, we went over the books, mm -hmm. community outreach. I mean, that's uh, all I got. Yeah. Um, Shane, thanks for being on. Yeah, thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, dude, this was a really, really easy conversation. Uh, actually, I think this is the longest one we've done yet. So, um, thanks for being on. Uh, I don't have. Uh, we currently didn't have any plans for making this uh, an extended series, but uh, okay. at, we're just scratching the surface, and I want to know more. So, sure. uh, if you guys want to know more, uh, let us know. Uh, give us some feedback. Uh, we want to hear from you. Always more to talk about. Absolutely. Um, maybe we can look into some group activities. That sounds super fun. Um, look into some spell casting and some more generally witchy shit. Hey, well, I'm tarot. Down. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that would be really cool. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, this has been Hub for Hubbub, and here's the outro. Thanks for listening to Hub for Hubbub. We really appreciate you being here. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share the podcast with your friends, as that is going to be the fastest way this podcast is going to grow. If you want to reach out to us, please do so at hubforhubbub at gmail.com. That's spelled H-U-B, number four, H-U-B-B-U-B, at gmail.com. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram, spelled the exact same way. Also, please be sure to follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you get new episodes as they are released. Hub for Hubbub was created by Corey and Cheyenne, co-hosted by Alex. Periodically engineered and edited by Brandon. I have been your host and producer of Hub for Hubbub, and I'm Corey the Woodtier Guru. If you want even more content by me, be sure to follow me on Twitter at WoodTierGuru. That's W-O-O-D-T-I-E-R-G-U-R-U. Everyone else has opted to keep their personal social media private, and your discretion is appreciated. It's been fun. Check back soon for more Hubbub here at Hub for Hubbub. Hub for Hubbub is primarily for entertainment purposes, and as such, personal accounts or recorded events may be embellished or entirely fabricated. Content on Hub for Hubbub is intended for mature, discerning, and rational legal adults with reasonable senses of humor and adequate access to free will. Consulting an expert or professional in addition to utilizing personal research is not only recommended, but is considered necessary by Hub for Hubbub before anyone should attempt anything having to do with what is discussed or showed on Hub for Hubbub.